So can I pitch you like a hypothetical question? Yes. So I want you to imagine that like you're not you. You're like a person, but you're not Lex. You're just a person and you're with another person. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're at a movie theater or you're on your couch and um, you're watching Saltburn. Right. Uh, recently, Something I've done. Recently released film Saltburn. Yeah. No, this is purely hypothetical though. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil Saltburn real quick. So you're watching Saltburn, you see a couple things happen in the movie. I am slurping it, by the way. It's about the main character. If that's the question you're going to ask. The the main character in Saltburn, spoiler alert, develops a crush that uh, becomes a full-on obsession with uh, Jacob Elordi's character, uh, which is fair. Jacob Elordi, Mm -hmm. quite quite attractive. Um, And he does a couple freaky things. when you when you refer to slurping it, um, <laughs> he spies on Jake Belordi's character in the bathtub, um, jerking off, and coming. And then when he leaves the bath, the main character runs in to try and lick up what remains of his cum from the the drain in the bathtub. Um, so before I could even get to uh, that part of the hypothetical lex excitedly goes i am slurping it by the way um right the second thing that the main character does in the movie a uh, huge spoiler alert here about an hour later in the movie jacob lordy's character dies and uh is, is buried in a coffin and then the main character in the film uh fucks has sex with the dirt above his coffin mm-hmm. so if you were not you if you were just a person and you're, you just finished, the credits have just rolled on Saltburn. And the person that you watched Saltburn with turns to you and goes, he's just like me for real. <laughs> what would you think of that person? Depends on our relationship. Are we friends? Roommates. I say, yeah, I get it. <laughs> because... This is the plot twist part. It's not actually a hypothetical. The person you were pretending to be is me. Because when we finished watching Saltburn, you looked at me and said, he's just like me for real. (laughs) Right. I remember that now. Why are you comfortable saying that about that movie? He is like such a little twink manipulator in that movie who has the most like severe obsession with a man uppercase a man that he he'd be licking his cum out of a bathtub and fucking the dirt where he is buried that's crazy that's crazy to see the credits roll on a movie and go he's just like me for real well the things that i was relating to were i have had obsessions with people before not something, not a fact I'm particularly proud of, but of truth in my past that I've grown uh, since. I've, I'm, I'm quite successful in therapy, as my therapist would tell me, but I can't deny I have those tendencies of obsession for the right person, and I really like cum. <laughs> Welcome to episode two of Brain Fraud, um, the the cummiest podcast online. Um, Is that true? It must be now. Um, our logo. Has yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say our logo is all dripping on the we, brain. We hadn't seen the logo when we recorded the first episode, mm-hmm. which is not out yet. It comes out tomorrow, just as like a frame of reference for where we are. Shout out to my good friend Charlie on Instagram at Grotesque Illustration for drawing. Charlie made us the wonderful logo you're hopefully looking at right now while listening to the podcast. The filthy, sloppy, cummy little logo. I told Charlie, like, they're drawing it in front of me and they're like, I'm going to make this kind of like goopy around the brain, like should be like green or something. And I was like... Can you make it white, like glowing white, like cum? Of course, it was you. Mm-hmm. You're you're bringing, in terms of this percentage. is my creative. Vi- this is my design. Yeah, like this podcast. Theoretically, this podcast is fifty percent me and fifty percent you. 
but you're bringing like 80% of the cum to it. Mm-hmm. You know me. I've been on hormones for a long time. I don't really have that much left to give. But I'm... You can be a lover, not a producer, of the product. I certainly don't produce it. I mean, now I would argue that maybe I do now I think due to do. my hormones. I think you do. I think you come more than I do. Well, not just the action of coming, but the liquid itself. Right. It's thicker. They don't tell you that. When you start testosterone. Um, there's a lot of things they don't tell you about starting hormones. Mm-hmm. You just find out. What's something that you think you found out by surprise on hormones that you never heard people say? Um, that I don't sweat as much. Oh. Um, that I sweat way, way, way less. I do sweat more. Yeah. I was not prepared for that. Um, it probably goes in line. At least, like, I do still sweat and probably goes in line with like how good trans girls smell and how like mm-hmm. how many like trans being girls are obsessed with the smell of other trans floral like, yeah you guys yeah, all smell right. like flowers somehow like we we don't get as stinky as um yeah as someone who is not on hormones does. and we t boys have stinkier. a boy smell as you've told me you have boy smell you've told me also that i have you can smell my T-boy pheromones. That's more of a And I want thing. to get into the pheromones topic myself because I don't know if other trans people other than you and us know of this alleged pheromone scent. Okay, but it's just like... Like, can you introduce the idea to our listeners? Let me do my best to explain kind of a complicated sensation that I mean when I say pheromones. Because, like, it's not a very scientific deployment of the term, you know? Like, it's already one of the most misused scientific terms out there. What, even what, like... Just like hormones, even. Yes, just like hormones. Um, Like, what a lot of people would, would conjure the use of the word pheromone is not what it really means. And I'm I'm definitely like misusing it as we're approaching it from a, like a scientific standpoint, but it's it's sort of like it's not just literal smell, you know. Like boy smell and pheromones are different. It's just like, do you know the the like the pheromone myth about like the height disparity between like AFAB and AMAB people and the reason that like AFAB people have it on the top of their head is like stadialistically to attract taller amab people from like a primordial like mating point of view is what? This something you're familiar with huh okay so like one of the, one of the things that people talk about when they talk about pheromones is that like cis women like afab people who are typically genetically shorter have like p- produce pheromones like out the top of their head Interesting because, because that's where it would be perceived by AMAB people for smelling breeding purposes. Yeah, to, to enrich your psyche. To, and to what about to mate? Uh, what about these? I just what, I was what about? Say, I don't think that's true. I have a question though. Where did the pheromones come out of AMAB people? Um, armpits. I, Probably that that would seem right. First of all, just to preface all of this, we're making shit up this, right now. Yeah, this is all fake. Like I know, I know the top this is pseudoscience. Of the, the top of the head thing is very pseudoscientific, um, but it's okay. My deployment of the term is pseudoscientific because T boys smell good. Like even like even when they smell bad, they smell good. Like when mm-hmm. like tea, stinky T boys. Like, it's an attractive smell mm-hmm. in a way that, like, stinky cis men isn't. And to me, even though the smells can sometimes be similar, it's more a part of the sensation, which is where I think your your little T-boy pheromones come in. Right. I was going to bring up something unrelated, but tangentially pseudoscientific of the topic of, you know, phrenology, the st- skull study your skull mm-hmm, mm-hmm. does I, my skull pass yes or no well that's what i was about to say is i saw a picture of my skull today i went to get my dental x-rays done mm-hmm. and the x-ray 
man was very nice and explaining what everything meant. And at the end, he showed me a picture of my x-rayed skull and was like, look, this is your skull. And I looked at it and I was like, if an archaeologist dug up my bones, they would not say this is a male or female skeleton. They would say this skeleton is Filipino. <laughs> no, you are Filipino. I am half Filipino, but... So what about your skeleton made you think it looked Filipino? Well, I kind of told you earlier, and this is something that I've, me and Charlie joke about, is since we're both like half Asian, um, our faces are kind of flat, uh, especially like in the nose, like sort of side profile. So I was thinking like, oh, I, like we kind of have like the pug structure of bones so i told you earlier that it kind of looked like a pug skull mm-hmm. and i was like that's so filipino like when transphobes are like dig up your bones in a hundred years on the trans island and they'll just find a hundred male skeletons and i'm like but one of them is just so filipino like, i don't know what the fuck this bitch is except for filipino yeah <laughs> i haven't seen my skull in years i haven't seen my my skull since i was they would clock your skull. How can you say that? <laughs> How can you say that? I was going to say even that, even like, I think I was like 19 the last time I saw my skull. So um, how was it looking? Healthy? Healthy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even like a, my not, overbite is really strong. Not passing, but nobody's a little, a little thin with passing. it. Some people's bones are passing. Yeah, that's true. You can get uh, you can get bone passing surgery, right? Tracheal shave and such. Yeah, I don't think my bones were passing at the time, but it's been a long time. It's been yeah, over maybe three years. Hormones have sh- shaped your bones. Maybe hormones. Not possible. I think. It, uh, what about vibes? Like I sure. think that hormones An might aura. have changed the vibes and the aura of my skull. Now your aura. If I is saw it again, I might very be like soft pink glow. That's a girl skull. Yeah, you know how like you like you get X-rayed and it glows that kind of icy like very very like whitish blue. Yeah, mine was that whitish blue. Mine would be like a like the like pink glow sticks they give you at raves. That's right, yours skull. would have that pink glow that some meme admins apply to all of their posts <laughs> to make it like sissier yeah uh, i have sissy skull <laughs> dread it run from it sissy allegations bite back <laughs> i want to tell the story that i've been waiting to tell about you mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks i want to preface this this is a very funny story maybe slightly embarrassing for you however you I'm were being embarrassed you were quite high when it happened. Mm-hmm. It's not really a full excuse for your actions. It's an explanation. I wouldn't call it a rationale. Now you're making it sound like I did something bad. This is uh, Lex in the Chastity Cage allegations. <laughs> um, an official Sissy Allegations canceled post. Uh, first of many. I'm coming for next out here. I have receipts. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't want to cancel bitches. This is just an investigation you're doing. An investigation. Yeah. Like right. transvestigation. Yeah, this is my transvestigation. Do you know like the um the like Shane Dawson documentary into whether or not Logan Paul is a sociopath? Um I'm doing this to you. I don't think I watched it, but yeah. Save go ahead. Time. Okay, so this is the uh this is the story. Um Lex I hate I hate these terms, but you're an AFAB person. It's and true. You have had the no, rumors. no um, sort of gender affirming bottom surgery. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you still have your, you still have. I just have I a I just have a T dick. Yeah. Your AFAB parts, however, hormonized, uh, testosteroneized. So you got a big fucking T dick. Mm hmm. Um, not big enough. It turns out. Um, <laughs> To wear a chastity Damn. cage. <laughs> yeah. I laid next to you uh, the other week and watched you very high, but very motivated. 
and determined. very convinced. Determined is the perfect word to put a chastity cage on yourself. Very standard metal chastity cage, the kind of which would fit uh, an AMAB person like myself. I'd never even seen one before, and I felt like this year was the first time that I'd heard of Locktober. Oh, yeah. Was that because of my sissy allegations posts? Like, just me following all of your friends, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, in case you don't know, um, unfortunately, about the chastity fetish, which is a little bit embarrassing, but that's what we're here to talk about. It's just sort of little cages. They come in, like, a squishier, like, silicone plastic or, like, a harder silicone shell. Or sometimes, in this specific case, it was, like, a fully metal one that are meant to, like, you wear them on a mab genitals to prevent erections and hardness Mm -hmm. and it just stays like soft and kind of small um and locktober is the month of october where a lot of people it's very uh, heavily correlated with like the sissy fetish i wish it wasn't because there's a lot of trans girls who like who like it but are shy about liking it because of its association with sissies um and some who like it and are, are willing to admit that they like it. So a lot of the people in the doll meme community and the doll porn community indulge in celebrations of staying in chastity for the entire month of October, such as called Locktober. Mm-hmm. And in the wake of Locktober, a deeply curious and THC-impacted Lex <laughs> decided that they did not want to be left out anymore. And as I continued to insist... And to reinforce that they did not have uh, the right pieces in place to make the chastity cage work, you said, I can figure it out. Right. Trying Uh, to put your T-dick in it mm -hmm. and somehow, without, with no balls, create the necessary vice that is basically essential for which to hold the chastity cage in place. I would say you spent about five minutes trying to put a chastity cage on. Well, so firstly, I've never seen a chastity cage. uh, I mean, other than like, I guess I've been to sex shops and they have them, but I've never really truly inspected all the elements involved in locking yourself in. (laughs) (laughs) You were trying to be locked in. Yeah, (laughs) I'm the fish that's locked in, but um, I was... So here's what I was thinking. Um, Something that I think is very, I've always thought to be very beautiful about trans bodies is how our genitalia is kind of just the same, but modified in different, basically like different proportions, you know? So like, you know, my clit is now rather large, like a penis perhaps. Exactly. And you're, you kind of have a really big clit too. <laughs> and if we apply this, okay, yeah, sure. I'm following you. If we apply this logic, um, now I'm thinking the balls. To me, balls could correspond with perhaps the pussy lips of a T boy. And. I don't think this is something... I don't think hormones really affect the lips to plumpen them or anything. (laughs) But actually, I would say it might even have the reverse effect. um, Because they tell you that, like, oh, you're, like, um, tissue will become thinner or whatever. I don't like the sound of that because mine is juicy. Anyway... (laughs) Um, but so the lips, what I was imagining is I like thick, like plump, juicy lips personally. What are you talking about So, no, what I'm trying to get at is like, imagine if the pussy lips were large enough to emulate the appearance of balls. And what I'm imagining is where your one's balls would go through the chastity belt um ball area i could pull if they were big enough i don't think they are i know that you're making a pained look but imagine if my lips um were 
plump. I don't know why I keep saying that word. It just feels like the correct word. Enough to, as they would kind of appear to be ball-like, pull them through the ball area to be locked up. Um, And then, obviously, the T-Dick would go where the uh, normal... place <laughs> no right like like the whole the whole the whole t dick could occupy the same role as uh that's yeah that that's i'm right behind right you. that's a great idea mm-hmm. uh, the, arguably maybe there's even like a like a t-boy chastity angle that's untapped at the moment oh we gotta look into that it's um it's it's the pussy lips balls thing for me, that definitely <laughs> definitely tripped me up a little i bit. think i um, think like because here's the thing no matter how many times, like I, you hadn't seen what it actually looked like yet, like in mm-hmm. person to the be, mechanisms, like, the, how how it functioned, yeah. And no matter how many times I told you that I knew that it wasn't going to work, you were sure, positive that you could pull it off. And I was like, Lex, if you just let me explain this to you, I'll show you like how this is not going to work out. And you were like, I will get this. Um, you did not get it because it's a very important part. Like even, even if to to borrow your terminology, take the plumpest lips right. imaginable. Like in my head, and I still believe this. Mine just weren't big enough. But it's not true because it the the whole mechanism is held in place by the fact that with careful administration via your hands or a third party the balls can be pulled through the ring in the chastity cage and once they are they can't be pulled back through right so that once like the 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 power the grip that your two balls have on the ring that exists now below them on your body is what holds the entire mechanism into place in the first place. And I don't think that's possible, even if you had the most voluptuous fucking pussy lips imaginable. You don't think some large lips could grip it, the ring? Like, I believe that they could be pulled through it, but, but the they whole wouldn't mechanism stay. of preventing them from being pulled back through it that holds the chastity cage on you... It just wouldn't happen. Sure. That's probably true. I think you would need surgery to ball creation. I don't know the word for it. Ball creation surgery? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You need a reverse orky. Right. Um. Let's, do you think there's a market out there for like T-boy chastity? It would be very niche. It's not something. I see, <laughs> it's not something I see expressed often. I'll you know, say that. I've been in the market looking for t like jockstrap that will I can wear that doesn't have like a bulge area because yeah. I don't have I don't have that big of a bulge. Yeah, but like I really like the way jockstraps look on like gay men. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of slayed with that, mm-hmm. and I would love that for me just because really makes your ass pop. Um, I'm sure that's a thing that exists out there. Right? I did, yeah, you, yeah. You must I think like, that one of the like gender affirming like online clothing boutiques that exists out there, right? I, I mean, it was like, but it's harder to find than you might think. I, I mean, like, I think it's it's pretty common to find like binders and such from gender affirming overpriced brands and like heavy, <laughs> heavy cotton t shirts that your nipples won't poke through. But, like, I think there's other venues of gender-fucked clothing that has not been truly tapped into yet. I did see a brand. I saw, like, an Instagram brand ad for, like, a um, European, uh, like, gendery clothing brand. It was called, like, Eka Homo. Not sponsored, by the way. But they had, like... <laughs> um, They had some... They had, like, what I liked about the clothes, like, lingerie that they mm-hmm. sold was that they had, like, male and female, quote-unquote, sections. I think they called it, like, I don't know. They had, like, different terms for it, akin to, like, 
um, they didn't literally use like front hole, but it was giving front hole. <laughs> like it was giving. I think the terms they said like for, it's giving front hole for like the bottoms part of lingerie. I think they used like flat front for afab. Yeah, and then yeah, like yeah, something yeah. else for amab for like having a bulge or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what they said. Anyway. But they had, like, basically the designs are almost the same uh, between the two gender categories, Mm -hmm. Um, which, like, I don't know. I kind of liked that they're just, like, the same design fitted to different body types, which I kind of liked that, I don't know. I just liked that it kind of reinforces that, like clothes don't inherently have a gender it's just changing how it fits to the body mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so the design itself is the same but they had um jock straps for uh flat front people right um flat front <laughs> flat front uh person such as myself um <laughs> uh yeah they had like some pretty cute jock strap designs i literally had it in my cart and i was gonna buy it but like international shipping mm. and my budget mm-hmm. uh so yeah i didn't buy it but it's out there i would like one do you have any specifically specific like clothing that is like made and marketed as like trans masculine gender affirming clothing just my binder that i have okay um, I have my binder. I could argue that my Kim Petrus boxers are gender affirming because they are also flat front to designed. It just says Kim Petrus on the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think I have any other specific. I mean, most clothes are unisex, really. That's true. I was just like, because there, there is, you know, there probably should be more, but it does exist out there clothing that is marketed directly to trans people and trans bodies and i see a lot of young trans people who are really excited by that prompt and it's like very helpful for them early in transition to have clothing that is more designed to work with their bodies Mm -hmm. um that was never me i'm a little like pretentious is not the right word but i'm picky about the fashion of what i wear these days um, not like when we're lying around the house making a podcast, but like mm-hmm. going out, like I have a spe- pretty specific vision. So mm-hmm. that has like prevented me from indulging very much in just buying clothes online from like random little like boutiques that are marketing themselves as like trans bodies. And also right. just like, I'm not the biggest tucker in the yeah. world. Like I do it when I have to, but I'm it's 2023. Like I'm I'm comfortable rocking the girl belts sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on you know where I'm going, what I'm doing. Yeah, this is also not a spot. I'm just shouting out brands that I've heard of. Do it. Um, there's a like boutique, like lingerie boutique in LA, like an Echo Park called Cantique, I think, that has like. I mean, I know you just said you don't tuck, but they sell, like, tucking panties mm-hmm. and such and, like, cute. Um, I like that their panties kind of have, like, a garter attachment element mm-hmm. that you can also buy if you with, with like, tucking uh, properties. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, I do find, like, I do follow a bunch of these trans uh brands like especially on instagram like um that i see get critiqued a lot for just being like way too expensive and kind of like very much leaning into corporatism to to like just make a profit and grow their business Mm -hmm. um selling you know like a thick like a thick heavy cotton t-shirt for 60 bucks like i said um, that like a lot of queers uh, criticize that uh, like very much looking at it just as a business move rather than um, like profiting off of trans people. Yeah, like, mar- like marketing directly towards a trans audience rather than serving the trans community. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that you definitely have to watch out for. I guess it's just a shame that, like, 
these specific trans products since um they're sparse i would i suppose in um the broader market that specific trans marketed products can be upsold like that but really you can still just like go to target and shop in the in the the little boys section like <laughs> i do and like i mean but also there's like oh my god all the like corporate ethics of like where to shop and stuff it's i mean it's the whole it gets yeah. back to ethical consumption not to be a political podcast but you know just being in the capitalist state kind of ruins all of that stuff yeah i don't even know what we were taught i think we were talking about the chastity cage yeah that's how we got here we started with the chastity cage and now we're talking about right so what i'm saying is i have a business idea (laughs) speaking of capitalism (laughs) um i'm gonna patent t-boy chastity i'm really trying to envision like the product design of a T-Boy Chastity. I mean, like... a Chastity belt does exist that has been long oh, right. deployed on oh, gay right. fab women. That's true. That's true. They are just Chastity belts. It's a little, perhaps it's a little less elegant right. than the uh, the more the more subtler cages, which are almost more of a disappearing mm-hmm. act, whereas the bulkiness of a Chastity belt seems almost by design to draw attention. Um, it's like, hey... Nothing going on down there. I'm locked up. <laughs> I'm locked in. I'm sure there are um, fashionable chastity. I want like a thong type chastity belt, jock strap even type mm-hmm. chastity belt. You mm-hmm. know, I was looking. Obviously, I don't have the money for this, but I was looking at like another like fashion designer type person is just like a solo person making like chain mail lingerie mm-hmm. um i can't remember the name but like they you know they sold like they sold like chain mail thongs that i thought were really cute and like bras and stuff um but yeah i don't know i've lost Nobody's the plot making chastity belts specifically marketed to t-boys is what i'm hearing right it's an untapped market so if anybody out there has the uh facilities in use that could perhaps uh craft some of said uh chastity belts for d-boys we have the idea we have the vision Mm -hmm. if you have the capabilities hit our line i will say there are those um... on instagram there there are those like pussy pump type deals for <laughs> and there's what are no you listen, talking listen, listen, about and there are like some that well you know like so you know the idea of a pussy pump yes i'm familiar well they have those for like t-boy like t-dicks too yeah, to I've pump them up so mm-hmm. i'm like if we can just pump up the lips then they're balls right I, we're going back to my original thesis i i, I know i in concept like I, we can't prove it, but I can tell you how confident <laughs> I am that it won't work. Hmm. Okay. Speaking Again, I'd love to be proven wrong. Slide into the DMs. Any T-boys. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, how many times we've had to say AMAB and AFAB, even though I keep saying I hate those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked you something at, uh, at brunch the other day with our friends that I wanted to bring back up again. Mm-hmm. We can unpack it. Um, you were really just like filing things away in your mind because I asked you and then I said actually that would be better on the podcast so don't answer that we'll just talk about it then Um, and that question was if you were AMAB do you think you would be into CBT cock and ball torture no I don't think so well and we're saying chastity is separate from CBT right mostly yeah they're they're Related and often shared fetishes among submissive cis men, but for this discussion, let's tackle them separately. Um, okay, so for CBT, I was going to ask you what all that involves, because all I can imagine is, like, somebody stepping on it, you know, and, or, like, you know, damn, inflicting harm upon it. That's but like, I mean, that is what it is. So, if I envision that, it's not 
attractive to me unless it's like a femdom in heels. Like I could see that. I mean, it almost always is. Like the, right. the typical vision of this fetish it does definitely conflate with the leather and latex side of BDSM. And like when you see, like I've been at play parties with like dominatrixes and they're a little like they're a little gimps performing it. Um, and it's very much that dynamic, um, that that dominant, you know, high heels, femme girl. And it's many things, you know, it's like kicking dudes in the balls, stepping for sure, um, like punching. Like, do you know what a speed bag is? Like the thing the boxers punch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, like doing that to like man who's like standing or like on his knees or something mm-hmm. because similar similar form that's kind of funny where do they punch where do they punch what do you mean like so the, the man is a speed bag you say his 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 balls, balls. oh the reason, the reason I, I i specifically hone in on men in this case is because i don't know a whole ton of trans women who are openly huge cbt fans Mm -hmm. um and i'm not exactly sure why because like it's not hard to find trans women who are into pain Mm -hmm. i'm i'm into pain like i love getting beat up but i i'm not into cbt um it's it's a very different kind of pain and i know it's difficult to explain to someone that has never had a dick and balls but like like the you know the classic archetype of like the ball shot like getting hit in the balls it hurts but it hurts in a different way than the pain that i like from many other things like it just gets in your stomach and like it sticks there it's like a knot in your stomach and it makes you nauseous mm-hmm. and like it sucks like it would be distracting from a sexual environment in a way that would take me out completely of the moment you know do you think that is linked to dysphoria at all i don't know i mean i'm not particularly dysphoric like i certainly there's certainly plenty of trans women out there that don't experience genital dysphoria and i just don't see that a whole ton of crossover with cbt stuff because like a lot of people who are experiencing dysphoria do love chastity right as a fetish i was just thinking of this sort of dichotomy dichotomy of chastity versus cbt for trans woman and i'm not a trans woman so i'm just speculating but perhaps maybe for some trans women who like chastity it's this idea of like locking that up so that like it's inaccessible and it's like like removal the removal yeah, yeah like you don't even have to you don't even have that anymore Mm. it's like locked away yeah so it's but whereas maybe with cbt it's kind of the focal point Mm -hmm. of the pain is all in the genital area Mm -hmm. and maybe that's it could be maybe dysphoric for some that's not a bad theory yeah that's just my game theory it could be (laughs) (laughs) i'm just it's it seems kind of surprising given like the volume of trans women who are openly into so many different types of pain and And like i'm the i'm the domination you know like i'm very much included in this and like i'm not like i used to be a lot more into chastity when i was like younger and and hadn't started hormonally transitioning yet and like there's a very um it's a very metaphorical impact you know it's it's not necessarily a focus on the literal as much as the sensation of oh it's demasculinizing it's running away from masculinity like it is is caging off and hiding Mm -hmm. some of the parts that young dysphoric trans women probably wish they could run away from i don't really need that sensation anymore um like not to not a flex or anything but like i'm at a point where i'm very confident in my femininity and my trans femininity and i don't need to run away from my dick um so like i haven't put on a chastity cage by myself in probably five years like i'll wear it as an act of submission if someone wants to fuck me in it and they think that would be cute i'm like yeah like i'll wear it for you i think like a pink one would be really cute (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like with bows the coquette just yeah <laughs> they, de- they make those there's a there's a there's a cottage industry of chastity cages that would blow your mind that's cute they get really technical they get crazy get like a pokeball one 
you just want like you just want the twitch streamer aesthetic but in a chastity <laughs> cage is what i'm hearing i could easily see twitch streamers having a chastity cage arc oh i'm sure many have while you streaming obviously yeah 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 and there's a there's a big thing amongst like chastity fetish um like on twitter um that is like donations leading to longer wear time interesting um like a sort of game with like submissive content creator and their followers where they can pay to you know keep you in chastity longer Mm -hmm. Um, that's certainly a thing that exists do you think they're lying very well could be Um, that's cool i was making money off of it and lying yeah um because i was like I'm going to an airport where I'm going to wear a metal fucking chassis cage through yeah, TSA. Like, like, I'm, like, pre- I'm going swimming this weekend. I'm go- like, am I going to fucking wear my chassis cage? No, but I'm going to say I did. Pre-recorded chastity videos and pictures. Yeah, all- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, they're a little burdenful. It was worse when I had, like, non-estrogenized boy dick, like, crazy hard dick all the time. Mm-hmm. Um... Because it's like, if you don't get out ahead of the chastity, it's just not a factor. Because mm. um, you're like, I, it would take me an hour of laying still and staring at the ceiling and thinking about the least sexual thing possible to even reach a place where I could put this on right now. Um, That's it's a lot easier for me now. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, it's something you, you kind of have to get out ahead of it if you're still... If you're not so estrogenated that you can't just tuck your floppy little dick back in a chassis cage whenever you want. Mm-hmm. That's cute. We're all over the place, dude. We were supposed to be talking about CBT and we ended up back at chastity. It's like the, the well, siren I just didn't feel us. that much to say about ch- a CBT just because like... Okay, so the thing is like I would be into a femdom like stomping on my little mm-hmm. on just on me yeah anywhere even if i didn't have a dick or anything um mm-hmm. s- but it's and i think a lot of trans women are into that too especially the bottoms yeah so in conclusion <laughs> i think that'd be kind of awesome but <laughs> But the part of it that I like is the humiliation aspect. It's not the pain. That's interesting. I Because I would say for someone who says that they don't like pain, you might like it a little more than you let on. You know? I guess I would like perhaps in some recent encounters <laughs> I have enjoyed uh pushing my pain threshold a little further than I normally do. But to me, like I was kind of in the headspace that I was more in like a humiliation. Um, and like, like if someone wants to like make marks, I think that's kind of hot mm-hmm. as like, you Oh know, God. Yeah. Evidence of what has occurred. I'm interested to hear you describe that as humiliation oriented. Like, because I no, I agree with you as someone who's a lot more into pain than you are. Um, it's not like the pain is nice, but it's not necessarily the focal point. It's a means to an end. But for mm-hmm. me, the means to that end is more submission oriented. You know, it's just yeah. like it, it's giving yourself up to someone in a way that says. Like, you can do what you want to, you can treat me poorly, and, like, I will continue, I will, like, I will return to you. Yeah, like, kind of, like, emotionally, like, no, physically, like, like, you can, like, you, you can sort of, sort of use my body to get yourself off in, in whatever mechanism you want, and if that is masochism and violence, all the better, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I like that, it's kind of like, you know, like, you own me type of deal, mm-hmm. well, where, like, I don't know. To me, I guess sometimes submission and humiliation kind of go hand in hand like that for me. Often, I'm just I'm I'm interested like if that was your focal point. Like if you if you were being dominated in a way that wasn't humiliating, like to in a you, praising would way, would it still turn you on? It would just to have like like I think it is hot to have like 
positive affirmation like <laughs> oh like you're doing so good which, which I also like I kind of have both in sex like I like praise kink degradation kink burr like both yeah like <laughs> um I don't know what I was gonna say I think that's a comp like to me it's just it's a matter of degrees yeah you know, like I accept some types of praise I will say this is so just just ego on my part but I know I'm good at sex and like mm-hmm. e- everyone's told me and told me for years and almost without fail so the like you're doing such a good job type of affirmation and praise it does very little for me like I, I guess have, that's true I have very little anxiety in any sexual situation that I'm not doing a good it job feels kind of hollow you're just saying things yeah right it's like now. you're like I know I'm doing a good job like I, I, it's not that I don't appreciate the praise it's that it doesn't like I'll take like a princess or like a good kitty like any day yeah. of the week over uh, you're doing a good job. I mean, but sometimes end, if I'm day, saying it, I mean it in the moment. I like, believe, no, I I believe I believe that it is not always hollow. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't impact me the way that other yeah. words of affirmation was, and none of the affirmation impacts me the way that degradation does. Yeah, like I will say, recently, um, a girl asked me if I like being degraded or praised so it was like which way western man in that moment and i chose even hesitate i mean you answered degrade almost immediately right that's correct yeah instantaneously so just because like i think um maybe it's a little bit more like i think degradation is a little bit more taboo than praise in sex so i think that's the appeal of it is like to be called like like oh you you filthy uh, you harlot like (laughs) (laughs) i do uh, it's it is a little bit more taboo and it's also harder to find people who are good at it yeah um i'm not not to put anyone specific on blast but i'll say (laughs) there are a lot of people out there who are tops and who are slacking on the dominant side of that who are claiming to be doms but Mm -hmm. their degradation game is just kind of shallow yeah like i was telling you about a hookup i had a while ago where the person kind of sounded like a supervillain yeah in dialogue yeah literally like (laughs) so when you find someone who is just really talented like there's a a creativity to it Mm -hmm. a deep creativity to it to just consistently put you in your place mm-hmm. and subvert your expectations while doing so yeah like, like we all yeah. have these ideas of degradation but what really what really just like melts my fucking brain is when someone is able to pervade that in a way that is degrading in ways i never even anticipated yeah and that's just like that's just like melt and yeah, I do think it's just more difficult to be good at it uh, because praise is easy to do when you're a nice person. Most people you have sex with are probably good, nice people. And you can be good and nice and be good at degradation, which is really hot. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, this might be problematic. <laughs> but Let's what if, it off on something problematic. But what if someone was a truly nasty person a bad person and now i'm just thinking of detransition baby where um you know stanley 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 is like an abusive piece of shit but there are some scenes in the book that really make lav purr Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like i i know i've like had encounters with people who were Maybe not as abusive, certainly manipulative, certainly not great people. And I can say that because I'm not a great person. But God, the sex. Fuck. Like, sometimes I said it. The Tinder queers did not like it when I posted on Sissy Allegations the other day. But I woke up on like Tuesday of this week and I was like, I want to be fucking abused right now (laughs) and i posted that on my story and a lot of fucked up dolls liked it yeah you be posting like who wants to kidnap me tonight like it i do talk about kidnapping okay 
I have a, I have an audience cultivated that is like the most hilarious concoction of submissive bottoms and dominant tops. And I know before I post anything exactly who will be liking and responding <laughs> to which thing. Um, there are 30 girls who follow me on Instagram who, without a lick of joke, dead ass, 100% serious, would love to like kidnap and like confine me. Weren't you just in a recent Instagram live, like telling people your address or something? I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. The last thing we'll talk about today, I did recently join an Instagram live um, already kind of drunk. And during that live, uh, I did a bump of K 100% visible to my camera. It's still up on uh, Eve based on trans girls uh, Instagram. Somehow, I guess no one has noticed that I do drugs in the middle of it. Um, but I was like, I'll just like lean over on my desk. It'll be off screen. I won't worry about it. And then I, I didn't, I like, I totally didn't think about it. And then um, she posted it later and I saw that I was like, wow, no, you can 100% FBI on your exactly ass. what I'm doing in this live. And then after I was, um, oh God, I know one particular person is going to tell me about how bad drinking and doing K is. I know, I know, don't drink and do K, but I drank and did K. And as a result, I did reveal uh, details about where I live on Instagram <laughs> Live to about 20 people. And um, uh, we also had a cat girl debate about wet food versus dry food. I posted all of this on my sissy allegation story. If you don't follow us on Instagram, recommend it. Mm -hmm. um, it'll probably be conditional to a lot of what we talk about in future episodes of the podcast. Um, if you come to our apartment Please only take Lav and not me. <laughs> you know who does and doesn't have the kidnapping fetish, so act accordingly. <laughs> That's it for episode two of Brain Fraud. We learned a lot today. We learned uh, that conventional chastity cages don't work on T-Boys no matter how hard <laughs> you try. Um, we learned that chastity is hot. Uh, CBT is not hot. It's hot it's by hot. a femdom. It's hot, like, in very narrow situations. According to us, obviously, if you like CBT, go off. If Sound you're a doll off. and you like CBT, hit me up. I'll try to beat the shit out of your balls or whatever. <laughs> um, what else? I think that's it. I think we, cognitively to the universe, I think we lost information in the past hour. Like, I think we had a negative impact mm -hmm. on just understanding in the I world. Yeah, I think this would set us back. Yeah, we're more confused than when we started. That's yeah. perfect. That's how I want to end every podcast. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye.